0: Hey, welcome to the Most of Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Temple Tenelliot, and I'm joined this week by Patrick Kagongo and Jason from Frozen and Carbonite. This week, we're talking about shoes, but first, the new Toy Machine video. Calling your video Vaccine is a little on the nose, but with a ripping team and the addition of some new blood, Toy Machine's Vaccine may be just what the aging brand needs. Patrick, is Vaccine the cure for what ails Toy Machine? I got a fever,
1: and the only prescription... <laughs> the new toy machine video (laughs) ed you've done it again the professor um i think toy machine is proving itself to be one of those companies that goes in and out of fashion skateboarding changes toy machine has been right there i mean we're talking about their what 30 years almost 30 years in the game if we count what 92 is the beginning because it was like tv like whatever company that ed was doing with mike valele we'll count that as a part of the origin story you know to put it in comic book terms But first of all, this was timely. Um, There's nothing like a video to remind you of how cool the company is. Because it also, um, it came out, what, just like a couple days after the Bunt interview with Mike Maldonado, one of the realest dudes to ever ride for Toy Machine. Um, I think everybody's talking about Deshaun. For obvious reasons because of we all had this anticipation about what was going to happen with him in business and company. There was all this swirling talk about him being blackballed from the industry and then he drops this beautiful part. And I even think the Hawaiian music was the perfect soundtrack. It was really nice and calming and kind of sets you up to realize like, okay, is this going to become, is Deshaun now the marquee pro on toy Machine? And God, their team is really, really good. I mean... Here's, I'll I'll pitch to y'all on this. Do y'all think that it's a bit of an accident of history that Welcome to Hell proved to be as influential as it was? It was kind of like the weird dude in high school becoming prom king. Because you look at the, the, the two other big videos from summer 96, and we keep going back to this, but Mouse and Trilogy, super fresh videos. This Toy Machine video comes out and not only can hang, but ends up becoming like, one of the cornerstones of the next decade of skateboarding i mean what did you all think do you think that this is a continuation of that is uh, is toy machine like a a roach in the skateboarding industry it's just gonna be there forever
2: (laughs) i like that jason what do you think listen I, i hate toy machine always hated toy machine because they destroyed um my favorite brand of skating that world kind of tech shit instantly in 1996, like the kids who were doing like kick foot black tail size on curb started jumping down stuff and getting 60 millimeter wheels. I, actually, it might have been like double handedly with uh, Eastern Exposure 3. That really, <laughs> that really changed it. Like all, all the tech kids started getting like 60 millimeter wheels and like that one 8.5 uh, Ricciola deck.
1: Wow. That so did, did Welcome to Hell kill fresh?
2: I think so. Yeah. I think it killed off Fresh to us. I mean, there were pockets, like, you know what I mean? There, there were always pockets in, like, you know, Love Park or New York or, you know, SF, certain pockets of LA. But yeah, I think in like middle America, you know what I mean? It pretty much uh, killed Fresh and started, uh, you know, the jumping down stuff genre of skating. I mean, people have been jumping down stuff before, like, you know, Frankie Hill and yep. Pat Duffy you know, and Gazmar, but like, it made it like a, like a thing. And like the, the funny thing about about toy machine is like, they've been running that same type of vibe, like putting that same type of type of guy out there since then, like long hair, it's like skinny white guy, long hair, jumps down handrails. You know what I mean? They're, they, that's like a type, you know, like the Yankees have a type, like a clean cut. Yep. You know what I mean? Mickey Mantle type of guy, like, you know, like all sucks. You know what I mean? But that's a toy machine has a guy like skinny, long haired, like jumps on handrails. And, <laughs> and the guys that the guys that are doing that in this video, like weren't even born when Welcome to Health came out. They weren't even thought of like parents hadn't even met and shit. So it's, uh, it's that's man, terrifying
1: and, when you put it in perspective. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's listen, they they have, they have keep running it back like the same goofy drawings and whatnot. You know what I mean? Jumping down handrails like I. Leah Romero still jumping on handrails, you know. But, uh, yeah, I think Deshaun, like, definitely adds some juice. Like, this guy is definitely one of, one of the best skaters in the world, you know. And, like, with the um, – you mentioned the Hawaiian music. Someone mentioned this on Slap, but it might be maybe, like, a kind of homage throwback to uh, that um, Nick Trapasso part and Suffer the Joy. You know what I mean? That legendary part. Oh, yeah. So, maybe something like that you know but yeah he's definitely one of the best skaters in the world right now and he's on toy idea. machine
1: of all teams that he could yeah. be on he's on toy machine and that's kind of i mean templeton does ed does ed t does does he have something i mean like I, this company he, hasn't died he definitely has something I, I
0: i feel like as far as deshaun goes he probably just wanted a stable home you know he was on sovereign which was, like, a weird, like, almost fake company, and then Business & Co., which also is, like, a weird, almost fake company. He's just like, let me just be on a board company that's solid. You know, like, he doesn't want to be on, like, a new thing. Like, he's been on these new things, and they're just, like, not good. So I, I imagine he's like, let me get on Toy Machine, and I'll have a solid home. I feel like Toy Machine probably doesn't ask a whole lot of their riders, so he can focus on whatever Nike needs and whatever the Olympics needs. And you know, he can just not have to worry about boards and like his board sponsor with Toy Machine. The Toy Machine's weathered many a storm. Another point I want to make about Toy Machine and like their staying power, I think, is like Ed Templeton is like the the spiritual leader of Toy Machine, but he's like handed over the reins of the video direction quite a few times and it's always been to good effect you know like jamie thomas kind of headed up welcome to hell and then like don leong here in vaccine and there's been a few other people in between what am i trying to say it's hard to let somebody else kind of take the lead and like execute a creative vision for toy machine or like i would imagine uh, so props to ed for you know being able to
1: let go. Shout out to you, Ed. So, which then leads me to a follow-up question for y'all. Is Deshaun a franchise player? Is he going to take Toy Machine? Is he going to be able to build a core? I mean, so there's a kid in there, Jay Richards, the kid with the Afro, best Afro in a Toy Machine video since Mike Maldonado had his cornrows out. Um, who else is really good here? Like uh, Axel Kreuzberg. Shout out to Belgium. Belgium putting out all these great skaters and the weather there is terrible half the year. <laughs> um, is Is... Is there... Could Toy Machine be making, like, a, a cool... Okay, maybe not a cool comeback, but I think this goes back to Jason's earlier point about um, Toy Machine killing the fresh 90s. Like I said, it was like, it was, like, the weird dude. It was, like, the Hessian dude who somehow got voted prom king and then became, like, the coolest guy, became cooler than Johnny Football. Like, but is Deshaun... Is Deshaun going to be the building block of that next team? Kind of like, you know, there's always been those shifts in Toy Machine teams. You know, there was Kalis, there was Jamie Thomas, there was uh, there was Brian Anderson. There was always somebody who was really, really just a cut above the rest who was holding it down. So is that what, is that what it's going to be going forward?
2: Who else is in the running for a quarterback or whatever? Like there's uh, Blake Carpenter. He's really good.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Toy Machine team is kind of like has like a good generational spread. You know, you've got like Leo Romero and um, – who's the freaky blo- oh daniel lutheran those guys are kind of like the ogs at this point and then you've got some like other middle players and then the new guys i feel like they've they've when you think about a company like girl they've just like stuck to their core ogs and then at a certain point they're just like oh shit we need new blood and there's it just didn't feel connected whereas toy machine they're like there's like some churn in a good way so there's always new blood and it always just feels like yeah that dude belongs on toy machine yeah or homegirl
1: i mean shout out to georgia martin with the supermarket bump to bar which was sick because i think those are harder than ones on the streets because there's less incline when you're coming at it Uh, also it's way grimier behind the supermarket than it is out on the regular streets so i mean there's another thing you have two women on the team i mean that's another entry point right there because there's going to be there's going to be people looking at them and being like, yo, these two girls on a toy machine, let me go get a toy machine board. And their, their stuff is still relatively available at shops. Um, and to your point about Crailtap, I think one of the mistakes that they made back in the day, which I think they're slowly trying to rectify at this point, is that they tried to make certain crews a thing. Like the Trunk Boys, uh, we laugh at it for a reason because it was so goddamn stupid. Everybody laughed at it because it didn't make sense. Like, what does that even mean? It's like, the only thing dumber than that was, uh, remember when Lil Wayne had that clothing company truck fit? Oof. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're like, what the hell does that even mean? I think you just made that up, Wheezy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jason, like, team lineups come and go. I mean, do you see any, even though you're anti-toy machine, do you see any long-term potential for this particular lineup?
2: Well, yeah, bringing Deshaun in, um, like, changes everything. Like, Definitely adds a little more juice to the team, a little flavor. Because before, I mean, it was just, like, some white guys who were pretty good. Deshaun, he's, like, one of the best in them. I think bringing him in adds a little juice. Like, yeah, if you are thinking about the starting five, probably, like Blake, be like, Blake Carpenter. I think Jeremy Liabras might have gotten injured a while ago, but he was, like, killing it super hard for a while daniel lutheran like he's an established uh matt bennett he's in the twilight of his career i think so yeah i mean also maybe isn't there like an arizona connection like lutheran's from arizona and deshaun from arizona isn't the wife oh from yeah arizona? that's true yeah it might yeah. be a, yeah it might be a little connection that way the new kid the new kid Braden oban or whatever yep he c- comes out of nowhere and uh just fucking destroys like some rails that crazy green rail looked like he was going like 40 miles an hour yeah the
0: thing that stuck out to me was the the five drop 50 50 that was pretty wild pretty hairy to like ride that whole thing out oh yeah
2: yeah yeah yeah. that was that was
0: and then of course the freaking uh Water trough
1: of doom. Yes,
2: which went wow. viral uh, instantly. Of course, of course. Is it front
1: side or is it backside? <laughs> yeah, run it again, guys. Yeah, we don't care. <laughs> it's a hell of a trick. <laughs> it's and so bad though.
0: I looked it up. You can get your own stainless steel trough from Tank and Barrel, not to be confused with Crate and Barrel. Um, but at TankandBarrel.com, five hundred bucks, you can get your own metal trough. And uh, create your own viral moment. <laughs> or cut open your shins, whichever comes first. I think the lip is rounded. I think you're good. You're good <laughs> for a solid few hundred grinds before it gets sharp.
1: I don't got the pinch for that. I'm yeah. not even trying. <laughs>
2: hey, when, when after you uh, hurt yourself or you're fucking over it, you can make a nice uh, flower bed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> put, put, yeah, put some soil in there. Put, <laughs> oh,
1: so, okay. Whatever the fuck. So then where does this video sit compared to say like a welcome to hell or early was it toy machine live, uh, suffer the joy, jump off a building. Cause I feel like toy machine will always be chasing that one, two punch of welcome to hell and jump off a building. I think those were amazing videos that were, that captured the zeitgeist. That was, that was the cult that was skateboarding culture at the moment. And also was at a time where, you know, you didn't have to worry about rights and clearances. So the soundtracks were phenomenal. I mean, definitely, like, strong suburban strong suburban hangout vibes, right? Like, definitely <laughs> hanging out with someone in, like, a, a minivan or, like, an old hand-me-down 5.0 Mustang.
2: <laughs> what was their last video? Was that the one that they put out on Thrasher, like, one part a day for a week or something? Maybe. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't remember that one at all. Like, maybe... Maybe that wasn't the best strategy to get people to remember stuff. Yeah, most definitely not. Oh,
0: hell no. Yeah, that strategy I feel like is very painful. <laughs> I'm just like, ugh. programming injection was the video.
2: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Oh, just noticed I'm looking at programming injection stuff on the Thrasher site. and Colin Provost had a part, and he was nowhere to be seen in this one.
2: Oh, yeah, he was on Toy Machine, right?
0: Was? Yeah. <laughs> is he off? I don't know. It's kind of funny when I was watching that video. I was just every time a new guy popped up, I was like, "Oh yeah, I forgot about this guy. I forgot he was on Toy Machine. This dude rips." (laughs) But like none of those dudes have like uh, long term staying power in my mind, other than Leo
2: Romero. Yeah, even uh, even Blake Carpenter, who's like super fucking good, like on the Nike, like doesn't really. You know what I mean? Capture your imagination.
1: Yeah, and he doesn't quite seem like a toy machine guy. Oh no, toy machine could change. I mean, they got this bench based out of Arizona. Uh, If we're thinking about this as, if we're thinking about this in terms of a sports metaphor, maybe this is a rebuilding period. Maybe at some point, two or three years down the line, toy machine will be right back there at the center of skate culture and say, "We told y'all." I think that's a good way to frame it. I think this
0: is a rebuilding period, and. You know, Blake Carpenter and Deshaun Jordan are kind of like the the cornerstones of the expansion, or
1: I don't know whatever architecture terms you want to use. And then here's the okay. Then here's the other thing about Toy Machine. Ed Templeton remains probably one of the most genuinely strange people in skateboarding. Um, You know, I went to a art retrospective of his of his work at the Huntington Beach Library some years back and you know i spent the afternoon walking around hunting you know huntington beach went to the beach itself went to the pier yak 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 and it's kind of amazing we talked about huntington beach when we we're talking about bastion's part and like what a weird place like this is ed templeton has only ever lived in huntington beach and he is like a strange dude like a really kind of out there guy like the subject of his the subjects of his photography his paintings, his drawings. I mean American suburbs are weird, but Huntington Beach is especially weird. I mean, can you know America is changing in terms of uh, the, in terms of like the planning landscape and where people live and where culture flows from? Like Ed's almost kind of like a, his artwork and his place in skating is very much a, a testament to a bygone era, especially in, in Southern California. What do y'all think?
2: You mean like Huntington Beach still being like a kind of weird little – like hasn't been uh, – I don't know if I'm using this
1: word right, but like gentrified or whatever? I mean it's always been a well-to-do, well healed and yeah. nice place. But I think the thing is that American suburbs always have had this kind of this really noxious and terrifying air just beneath the surface. Huntington yeah. Beach, you know, for example, with um, uh, a lengthy history of white supremacy, you know, you'd always hear these stories about skinheads – uh, or racist skinheads getting into fights with skaters, neo-Nazis, uh, especially with uh, the fact that a lot of the anti mass protests turned violent. Like, you'd think there's going to be, like, this nice, healed, like, leave it to beaver type thing, and it turns out that it's not. It's actually nuts, and people like Ed Templeton come from these places. So you'd figure, like, a guy like Ed Templeton should be in New York. Like, he should be like Dill. Like, Dill is also from Huntington Beach. Yeah, it's yeah, interesting I- that Ed never wanted to move. He's got a lot of weirdness at home. Where does he need
2: right. to go? Right, yeah, yeah. I think he, didn't he used to live down the street from Jason Lee or something? Yeah, like that, that's a whole, like, there's like a whole bunch of them were all Huntington Beach. Yeah, which is.
0: Yeah, I feel like that goes to show that, like, it really matters who you skate with. You yeah. Because those, those dudes just pushed each other to be, you know, the best dudes in the world at the time.
1: If you had to pick one, one superpower, Jason Lee's tray Flip or Ed's Impossibles? Psh, tre Trey Flip. flip. Easy. What about you? I'm not saying this to be contrarian, but I really love Ed Templeton's Impossibles. Before everybody started wearing tight pants and doing Impossibles down everything, he was doing that for like a good, what, 15 years? Like on the run up to Dylan Reader? <laughs> oh, for sure.
0: I just personally don't really like Impossibles. So that, that's why I'm picking Jason Lee over Ed Templeton. But I think, I think um, Ed Templeton as a whole, I'm more of a fan of than Jason Lee. I mean, Ed had a longer career, didn't he? Yeah, for sure. And he could have moved on, just like Jason Lee. You know, like Ed Templeton's art career certainly was popping. He is popping.
1: Yeah, he's he's still doing well. I think, if I remember correctly, he either placed or he won the Venice Biennale. Was it twenty years ago, early two thousands, and he got a significant amount of money in the prize.
2: Okay. is that some uh, art can- art contest or whatever?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, huge, in, uh, over in Venice, and long before everybody started skating the, the train station. Yeah, like he was taking trips out there. He's been shown all, his art has been shown all over the world. It's just like there's something fascinating about the fact that you know we look at, especially because of gentrification and reurbanization, starting with people about our age moving back into the cities after our parents left for the suburbs or went to the suburbs as soon as they could, whatever that American suburbs are really fucking weird and kind of, like, culturally terrifying places. <laughs> and, like, Ed is the embody Like, Toy Machine is the embodiment of that. Yeah, it is a yeah. very, like, suburban company. I mean, like, look at, like, when they got BAM and all them, like all the kids from Westchester. Like, yeah, they were all skating Love Park and, and areas in and around Philly. But, like, Westchester is a quiet, sleepy suburb of Philly, like, that's kind of out there on SEPTA, on the regional rail line. And it's a... it's a whole other world. So you got to see and jump off a building and the land speed video, just like bunch of weird like and they were able to parlay that American suburban weirdness into Jackass and they're all multimillionaires now. So <laughs> yep. Like that's a real cultural moment and and now the suburbs have become so unfashionable. Maybe they're going to become fashionable again? I don't know.
2: Yes. <laughs>
0: No yeah looks, the no suburbs like being fashionable mean. that's good for me because i live in the suburbs yeah, but I, I could see that happening because the cities are just getting so expensive so you, you got to go out a little farther to to be able to afford to like buy a house or something so yeah i, I could see the suburbs uh having a renaissance yeah, especially if they get some good light rail or something
1: yeah that's a good point uh but that's a man that's a great point too because um thing about Southern California is that the housing market is so incredibly overheated. You're kind of just sort of shrugging your shoulders like, where are you supposed to go? Hold down, you know, you hold down a decent apartment with good rent and learn how to do things yourself. But my goodness, you know, all these cash buyers, you're competing with, you know, now we're getting into grown folk talk, but you're competing with, you're competing with a lot. Um, and the suburbs now probably are nowhere nearly as desolate as they, culturally desolate as they used to be because used to be those terrible skate parks in the suburbs if you, ha- if you were lucky enough to have one, you know?
2: Man, I'd like – think thing about the suburbs is you're pre- you pretty much do the same internet stuff anywhere you go anyway. How do
1: you figure?
2: Like everyone's pretty much online all the time anyway. Well, unless you're skating or something.
0: Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. I feel like the thing you miss in the suburbs is the restaurants. Yeah, they're just, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just no good out here.
1: Yeah, but, like, what about, like, uh, like my sister-in-law has this great thing about, uh, she always points out, like, what's the big fuss about, um, like, was it, Fortune Magazine always does those stupid articles about, you know, millennials killed X or Y, millennials killed Applebee's, to which my sister-in-law pointed out. I was like, there's no difference between the food at Applebee's and the food at a brewery or a brew pub, you know? <laughs> like, right. What are these people mad at? It's just kids don't, <laughs> it's just that young people don't go to Applebee's and yeah, go to listen, a brewery.
2: Oh, man, like, around here, you can't. Especially, like, in the, the hipster area originally. You can't swing a dead cat without hitting a brewery.
1: Exactly. It's the it exact like, same food. It's just, like, a, a blooming no, onion by another no, name.
2: No, no no, disrespect to cats. It's
1: just an idiom. <laughs> I would never swing at a cat or otherwise. Y'all like blooming onions?
2: Yeah,
0: sure. Yeah.
1: I've never had uh, one. I've never been to Outback. I don't I mean, think I've yeah, ever maybe. had
0: one at Outback, but, I, I mean, just fried onions are good. Onion rings.
2: Onion rings, yeah. Yeah, well... Maybe that's the uh the secret of to toy machines longevity. They keep they kept going with that like, you know, weird drawing shit appeal to like suburban kids who felt out of place or Yeah,
0: I mean there's always a new crop mm-hmm. of suburban kids coming along who need a place. You know, just like yeah. you know, kids getting into black flag or something, like music that was created before they were even born. Yeah. There's just always a new crop of fans. Same for Toy yeah. Machine, I guess.
1: Yeah. Shout out to Ed to put in more Discord music out there. I mean, like, this has got a, there's a long history between Disc- Toy Machine and Discord.
2: Discord's still doing it, man. They're still putting stuff out. That's-
1: Hell yeah, dude. What is it? Uh, I saw Mesthetics. It's like uh, Joe Lally and um, Brendan Canty from Fugazi with, um, God, I can't remember the dude's name. Really, really, really good guitarist from DC. God, this is embarrassing. I've hung out with the guy, too. Anyway, Mesthetics are really awesome. I saw them last year. Two years ago, excuse me. Um, yeah, dude, like they're still doing the archive, uh, Fugazi archive series has a bunch of reissues and just like occasionally putting stuff out They have such a huge catalog and they keep everything in print and you know, that stuff will, will live forever. That actually was some life-changing, that was some great life-changing music and I'm hyped that they decided to put, uh, some of the newer stuff, um, from discord, like, uh, Koraki and the Evens or Evens are not that new. Like that Evens record came out like what, 2005? I mean, it's nice. Like, it's it's cool. But yeah, like to your point, Templeton. Yeah, like there's always going to be weird kids in the suburbs who need who need an outlet, who need something to something to some sort of culture to latch onto. And it's definitely easier now because of the internet. But you know, skate videos have this amazing power to direct, point you in the right direction because it's relatively curated. And you're like, oh, this music sounds cool. Let me go find it. Like, what's that shirt this person?
0: Yeah, exactly. It's almost like Toy Machine is the Discord records of skateboarding. Yeah. Still here. Still here, still doing it. Well, we got big shoe news this week when Adidas announced that skateboarding's hottest free agent, Silla, had joined the team. After his departure from Vans, his very public courting of both Nike and Adidas had everyone speculating. It wasn't always like this, Jason. How has the skate shoe game evolved since you've been skating?
2: How has it evolved? So you want me to run down uh, the history of skate shoes in like um, eighty seconds? Yeah, hit us. That's yep, that's it. Go. Okay. Um, when I started, there was most most people were skating in shell toes and Pumas, like at least like cool people or whatever. There are like some airwalks, like the saris, but it was mostly like shell toes. Maybe some like Vans half cabs or uh, old schools, but it was mostly like you know what I mean non skate shoes with maybe like an etnies wrapper. then i think when uh when the south 23 came out that kind of changed uh, that was like a, a tipping point or whatever because that was the first skate shoe that was actually cool as a chiller shoe we incorporated some shit from and then dc came out like everyone started wearing dcs then ez started out of Etnes which led to like you know the slbs Kostens, and cost 2s, like late 90s, as and DC were kind of running shit. Then Lakai the came out. Lakai was super tight, you know what I mean, with those first few designs or whatever. Then, like, early 2000s was kind of weird because there was a lot of money, like, audio. Audio was huge. which led to a bunch of random companies like uh, Nadia and Force with the 4 and whatnot shit. Early 2000s was kind of weird. Then, like, Nike started. With the dunks was kind of changed everything. Uh, then Adidas came out, and then Fully Flared came out a little bit after Fully Flared came out. Lakaia stopped being cool. Everyone started wearing Nikes and Adidas pretty much, with some Vans. And I think, yeah, I think, uh, think that's about it. I guess Vans became cooler recently. I guess that's about it. Most people are either fuck with like Nike or Adidas or some New Balance. Like all the New Balance shoes I've skated. Yeah, especially like Vans, like Vans, Nike, Adidas. Lakai's Likai, still chugging along. You know what I mean? There's some uh, small all guys trying to do their thing like shout out proper skateboarding but, uh, big shouts to proper
1: yeah seriously proper. damn that was really good that was <laughs> that was impressive you did that off off top
2: well I, it was I, I, it's in the notes like i wrote some shit down in the notes but yeah it didn't so yeah i mean it's just been the same since pretty much like 2010 like uh, some nike ideas and pretty much running shit
0: well it it feels like that might be changing what do you think patrick
1: i think it is changing i think that um well here's the frustrating thing because skateboarding is so opaque, we have no idea what's really happening behind the scenes at Nike or Adidas. And even if we do know, we may not necessarily be at liberty to tell. We don't want to jeopardize anybody's jobs, especially if there's rumors of um, either reorgs or cost cutting, whatever you you know, whatever corporate jargon you want to use. But I think it's definitively changing. I think that. Um, the popularization of vans and budget cons—that was a big—that was a big thing that came from all the kids worshiping Dylan Reader, and also I think a question of economics. Especially like you look out here out west, you go to these places where they have you know cheap Dickies and cheap skate shoes. You just go buy a whole bunch of those for whatever money, or your parents buy them for you, and then you're good to go. And you know you blow out those shoes, you go and buy some new ones real quick. I think that. Smaller brands like Proper and State definitely have, there's a window for them right now to really come in and make a dent. As for formerly known as core brands like Lakai or Soltec, uh, I think it's really on them. I think one of the, one of the key failures of Soltec, um, and I'm looking specifically at America, is their kind of failure to diversify their uh, their lineup and really kind of point to how, how skateboarding looks, right? Um,
0: yeah, America could really use some uh, evolution and diversification.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean like, I've complained about this before, but you know, to, to quote bugging Out from Do the Right Thing, Sal, we need some black people up on that wall. It is wild to me that America is stuck in 2006. And S, I mean, there's that interview from Slam City Skates, from earlier this year with Don Brown from Soltech. and it says that they own the rights to all of the shoes that they've made. You could just do like a standardized reissue game. Just like just put out the classics. Put out the Sal twenty threes. If you need to pay Sal, pay him. I will buy ten pairs of those shoes. That is what's still one of the, the, the best skate shoes ever made. Yeah, um, no shit,
2: huh? Yeah, if they just put out even if they put out like not like a slimmed down version, like like a legit reissue of the sal 23 or even like slb any of those like the krieger even without like the name on it like that would be awesome
1: action did it action re-released the guy mariano under a new name and it's not a limited edition either i thought it was but now it's back i think i might get a pair you'll have to report back yeah like i i think for the like again like i think for the lakai's and for the soltex it's you got to catch up with the culture. Otherwise, you're going to get left behind in the dust. It's one thing to be outspent by Adidas and Nike. We understand that. But if you are not actively courting and engaging where skate culture is going, you're not putting people on. If you're not sending out boxes to the people who are holding it down, right? (laughs) Nobody's going to fuck with you. Yeah, Yeah.
0: I, I do feel like it's hard to compete with money because it's like, want to get like five pairs of shoes from nike or two pairs of shoes from e america that's just like a random flow kit of course you're gonna go for the nike and i think nike traditionally has had the budget and used it to kind of just like um they'll sponsor somebody just so that they don't ride for somebody else or that's like the feeling that i get like i always thought that was that was the case with um kevin Turpinning like he should have been on huff i felt and he just was on nike and nike never really did much
2: with him damn what happened to that dude by the way he makes like concrete
0: tables
1: now
2: Uh, oh that's cool
1: yeah shout out to all the masons out there yeah
2: (laughs) but uh yeah a couple couple other things about the culture and whatnot uh ponitz's brand last resort based on what i've seen that brand has a lot of juice you know what i mean out there in the street like kids are fucking with it also, yeah, I, I feel
0: like that one is really well positioned to yeah, yeah. break through. Ha, ha,
1: ha, ha, ha. I see what you did there. Did I do something there? Yeah. Isn't that their, their, their motto? Breakthrough or break free? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> their, their brand's
0: so good, I don't even know when I'm uh, uh, saying their catchphrase.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, well, that's one thing. Also, I think like there might be a certain amount of fatigue with um, the Dunks. And that whole thing, and at some point, people might just be, be like, "Look, I mean, like resale resellers are gonna resell, like you know what I mean? The free market. I sound like uh, who do I sa- sound like here? Like, let the free market take care of itself, like you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Resellers are gonna resell, and they'll like get however much money from you know people that don't skate for them because they're like the hottest shit." Out or whatever in terms of like in the fashion world, but uh, I think like you know general like your average skater out there is gonna kind of eventually be over having to like basically apply for a mortgage to buy a pair of uh, dunks. But <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like I think I think Blazers are pretty uh, readily available. People love Blazers. Some people are pretty loyal to them, but you know what I mean. At some point, you know. People just be like, look, I'm just going to get some new balances or some Deedas readily available. Don't have to go through a whole... That being said, I do plan on going to my local venue skateboards and entering a raffle for a pair of those pink, whatever they call them, pigskin uh, dunks or whatever. So there you go. Take that
1: for what it is. Yeah, the bloom's not off the rose yet. No, not yet. Oh, but- I mean, like, first of all, thank you, Jason, for giving like, such like, a-, a thorough... A thorough retrospective of where skate shoes have been, because yeah. like you got you got me thinking about probably one of the coolest eras, which was the mid ninety mid to late nineties, where you had you had cats had their chillers and then they had their skate shoes. First of all, it was like a survival thing in high school. You, you know, if you're coming through with cooked shoes, you were definitely getting laughed at. I don't care where you went to high school, junior high, whatever you were definitely getting some sideways looks. I I learned that lesson the hard way several times and learned to buy like a pair of chillers and, and, and have those for school and for, for hanging out. But like, there's this picture of Keenan Milton that's been floating around of him skating some black uptowns with a gum sole and like him, Gino, like there were folks who were like, they were hitting outlet stores. Gino had this thing about Nike indoor soccer shoes and they just looked so good. And you know, at the time it was pretty much like what was that? Whatever was in the shops, the East Bay catalog and like a little bit of luck to be able to find shoes that were outside of the norm. Um and I feel like we've kind of lost some of that because of Instagram and because of um online retailers. I mean, what do y'all think? Like are we ever gonna are we ever gonna get that back? Are we ever gonna get back uh, you know, those skaters who you're just like, damn, what are those?
0: What are they wearing? I think we will. I I think like some people wear like the the Reebok, uh, what are those? Trainers or um, workouts? Classics. Yeah, workouts. Classics. Yeah, there's people who wear those, and I'm sure there's. I feel like uh, some people wear those polo shoes that are good for skating. I think that you know there's plenty of skate shoes out are non skate shoes out there that you can experiment with that have great board feel and um, look interesting on the foot.
2: Yeah, oh, well, back to that Gino photo for a second. Patrick, were, the, were those forces or uptowns? Like, what's the difference between forces and uptowns?
1: Oh, no, the, the name is used interchangeably. Oh, they're forces? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Air Force yeah. One or uptown, whatever you want to call them.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, because, I mean, like, well, back then, you could just go into, like, Modell's or whatever sneaker store on uh, Canal Street or over on, like, you know, in, like, the vicinity of Supreme or whatever. And just buy whatever that looks semi-skatable and, uh, you know, just fuck with it, I guess. You know? And I guess that's what
1: they did. It just, it looked so good. And and the combination of that plus, you know, the cats who were, weren't just getting some blinders, some madness jeans, which were awesome, but they'd be rocking some polo jeans, maybe some, some rock aware, some Carl Kanais. Like, shoes used to be, for certain skaters, especially fresh skaters, were a next level form of accessory, like they were a next level form of expression for uh, how you look. You skated like the late Pepe Martinez had immaculate taste in footwear. I think oh, yeah. I don't know. I think he was the first person to skate in Timbs, but he's the first person I remember. We all saw skating in Timbs, and my God, he could do it. He could yeah, do, I mean, he could he's the all. iconic Timberland skater for sure. Or or like you fast forward a few years later, like when Nike released the Nike boot. Which in D.C. is like, it, there's like a whole cult around that shoe to the point where even Metropolitan Police Department rocks Nike boots. Like that is their standard issue shoe. That's how real it is.
2: Shout out D.C. Statehood, by the way. Hopefully that will. Facts. 51 or bust. Hopefully that's something will happen. <laughs> Man, we've
0: talked about Nike boots before and I feel like I searched them and I couldn't find the
1: boot. Are they, they just kind of look like combat boots? I can't remember what the formal name for them is, but like it's the a joint, B- a, it's a joint the that Wale wraps right about.
2: Yeah. Is it are they those ACG boots that are like green
1: and gray and orange? no, no, no like the all black joints. The all oh, black All-black, all Okay. All black joints. It's like it's like the DC it's like the DMV equivalent of, of, of a fresh pair of Tim's in New York. Gotcha. Just like standard issue wintertime, throw on your Nike boots. They're tall, right? Like I'm looking yeah. at some eight inch
0: Leather, okay, yeah, I think I got it now. I
1: linked I, in the yep, show I, notes. <laughs> I'd like to see somebody skating those. I mean, <laughs> just bringing back bringing back memories of uh, <laughs> of life on North Cap, life on um, life on Youth Street. But here's the, the, you know going back to you know what's happening with shoes. Um, I think what was what was interesting about earlier this week with Cater and also um, Carl Aiken's, showing up wearing adidas is was that you know it kind of reminds me of like a couple years ago when kanye made the switch from nike to adidas you know he had been doing the red octobers and then he got all frustrated with nike and then you know he put out a diss track, easy 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 jumped over jump man went over to adidas at around the time that adidas started getting some of the um the streetwear juice and adidas has this team now i mean their videos have been great um the you know the Lucas joint like I think would y'all say that Lucas has a, a best selling shoe like he must be doing he must be doing well. I feel like I see
2: a lot of them in clips. Yeah, same. I've seen him yeah out in the field. Nobody's yeah.
0: shared the the numbers with me, but it looks pretty good.
1: <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I I get the feeling like because he's got like what the there's the three was it the Adidas three MC there's like the, the Lucas Premieres. like there's all these different colorways for that shoe and. It's almost like it, there's, a, there's a potential for it to cross over into Janoski territory, which, I mean, we probably should talk about that. I mean, how did that shoe became ubiquitous? Like Nike somehow stumbled upon a shoe that, you know, became the chiller, became the dad shoe, became the, like, hey, I'm just going to pick up a couple pairs of these because whatever. And it, it's something that shows up often at Nordstrom Rack and, you know, all the other wholesalers, like secondhand shops, whatever you want to call them. Like
0: yeah, the Janowski—it's it, a phenomenon. I like talked to some people at Nike, and they told me that the Janowski is the first SB shoe that broke out of just SB and became like a popular shoe across the board. Yeah, it's crossed over. Yeah, that's pretty amazing, and like a testament to Stefan's uh, steadfast commitment to what he wanted. You know, it, it seems like that was not the shoe that Nike wanted to make, but he. Um, you know, forced their hand and made sure he got what he wanted. And, you know, Nike benefited greatly from that.
2: They still make those, right? I haven't seen them in a... In a skate shop? The shops really lately, but they have to still make them, right? Yeah,
1: they're definitely still around. But I I mean, also, like, it's worth acknowledging that 2020 definitely did some damage to major shoe shoe companies across the board, but particularly Nike and Adidas, because global supply chains for just about anything you can buy in a shop. Whether physical retail or online retail, that was all interrupted. So, a lot of stuff didn't come out, you know. A lot of dyes did not get shipped. A lot of shoes did not, uh, you know, were not manufactured. A lot of shoes didn't get shipped. There's still holdups in shipping here in California. There was, the Suez Canal was blocked for the better part of two weeks, you know. And that was yeah, just for sure. I mean, year. containers are sitting in port for like two weeks and shit. Exactly. So, I think there's th- those issues... And also, I mean, like, let's. Here's the thing. Like, similar to what Jason said earlier, like, the early two thousands kind of marked the beginning of the the shoe sponsor being the marquee sponsor. And you know, you could be on a whatever board company, you can be between board companies, you could be just rocking blanks. But having a shoe sponsor, the shoe sponsor is going to put you on trips. The shoe sponsor might say, "Hey, nine one seven, y'all, we're sending y'all to upstate New York so you can go film and do a little something for these cool new joints." Why don't you go do that? Um, doing collabs with small brands, like, for example, the Carpet Nike joint, which is super fire, and I did not get them, and I'm mad. <laughs> but I didn't really try, because, like Jason said, I don't want to wait around. But, like, there was, like, a period where it was almost like the goose that laid the golden egg, right? Like, maybe, 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 not we. Like, the royal we took it for granted that shoe companies were always going to be flexing with this largesse and always sponsoring things. And then in the year in which most of us did not, could not travel. What is the point of having a shoe sponsor then if you're not putting out edits and sending people to this place, that place, or putting them in contests or sending them to weird places to film?
0: Yeah, I think also um, those shoe brands started being like, what's the point of having all these riders? You know, like they've already captured so much market share and they're, you know, with the pandemic, shops were like less of a factor and everybody kind of moved online so you know nike and adidas and whoever else are like we don't need to sell to the shop we can sell direct to the customer and keep all those profits to ourselves so it's it's a an interesting change and it'll be interesting to see how the community feels about that as i feel like nike and adidas are like pulling back a little bit of their money these days you know the teams are shrinking and i've heard about uh, less um Less shops are able to get the shoes that they want. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see how the community reacts to to those kind of moves.
1: I I think we also need to mentally prepare ourselves for the fact that Nike has previously exited uh, other markets. You know, Nike launched its first golf shoe in 84. You know, Tiger Woods signed to Nike in 96. Um, you know, in the, starting in the late nineties, they started actually going into golf manufacturing. So they did golf balls and they did golf clubs starting in 2002. They did, you know, irons, wedges, titanium drivers. And then fast forward to 2016, they announced that they will no longer produce golf clubs, bags or balls. So like, there's a very good chance that, um, and we have no idea if this could happen, but it could, somebody might just decide that we're pulling the plug on this. Sorry guys. You know, don't have to, you know, go home, but you can't stay here. Like, that's a real possibility that they might just shrug their shoulders and say, skateboarding is, you know, is fine, but it's no longer for us. And, you know, I think we need to be prepared for that.
0: For sure. And I I think it'll be interesting to see how the smaller brands react. And, you know, will those, like, wayward uh, former team riders end up, you know, going from a Nike or Adidas to America? That's like a downward move. And nobody... uh, (laughs) Nobody would disagree on that. So it'll it'll be interesting to see how things like that pan out.
1: I mean, America could change its ways. I mean, Jason, you've seen a lot of things in the shoe game. Who was the biggest disappointment you can remember in terms of like a team or like it was supposed to be hot and then it just didn't happen?
2: Oh, you mean in terms of a shoe brand or maybe the first New Balance when they were done through Black Box? Those were terrible. I had some of those. Maybe, like, Nadia.
1: did like they just Henry. hand those guys a check? Who got the check? Like, uh, the guys who, who, who were initially signed to Nadia, they just said, like, here's a bunch of money up front.
2: Yeah, I have no idea, but it was awesome. It was, like, Krieger and Henry Sanchez, you know, two of the best characters. That one, like, Henry Sanchez promo model was, like, the H on the side, you know. But, yeah, I never really saw any of those, like, out here. It's kind of, death, you know. That's the main one, Like every, Everything else, I think. Well, action kind of petered out. That was a bummer.
1: Yeah. And strange, like, Skechers tried to weasel their way into Skechers. skateboarding. <laughs> you remember the ads. Like, wasn't there a Ben Sanchez who was on Chocolate? Wasn't there an ad with him? Skating oh, Skechers? Oh,
2: man, I hope not.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I really hope not. I'm hoping that there's a a glitch in my memory. But, um, damn, like, there was, like, I think everybody, I think maybe it was just like late 90s, early 2000s, everybody was trying to get in on the skate shoe game because Nike tried and failed several times before they um, basically decided to mine their history to be able to have a firm entry into skating. And Adidas had some like questionable shoes that showed up in the East Bay catalog back in the day and even like Kalis was on a like, quote unquote, on Adidas for like a hot second before he jumped onto DC and... I think they, they dropped the ball in that one. Can you imagine if Kalis was still rocking Adidas's?
2: Yeah, sure. That's, that's,
1: not, a, that's not a. That
2: would be cool. Like, I, I mean, he's like pretty. Not 100% Son of DC now. But yeah, I could see him in like Shelto.
1: Yeah, like the mid top Shelto joints? Oh yeah, my God. Templeton, what about you? Uh, greatest misses of the Skate Shoe game.
0: Mm, I feel like Gravis pulled out just a little bit too early. Like if they'd stuck around for another year, they could have been something. You know, like the Dylan part came out, they had like a rad team, they were putting out rad videos, the shoes were looking good, and I think they just like pulled the plug a little early, and again, that's kind of like a big money thing, you know, like that was, Gravis was a Burton project, and you know, I'm sure the number crunchers were just like the same penciling out, and uh, you know, it's time to time to pull the plug. So we've been talking about shoes this entire time, and nobody has mentioned
1: Airwalk. <laughs> Yeah, I skated a lot of airwalks back in the day. And, uh, <sighs> like, That's one of the most infuriating. And actually, you know, capitalism is a hell of a drug. Um, you know, the company's ownership has changed so many times. And they've got great shoes in their history. If you just bought back, like, the Tony Hawks and the Jason Lees. Oh, yeah, those Jason Lees. The suede Jason Lees. Those are real good.
2: Yeah, those Jason Lees were cool. I definitely Yeah,
1: yeah I-, I think... Yeah, that was a very public downfall for a skate shoe company. Like they crossed over into the Spencer's gift, uh, Hot Topic lane and never looked back, and lost skateboarding somewhere along the way.
0: Hey, you got to sell out to eat out. I feel like that's that's the story of a lot of brands. You know, we've talked about them before. People like Element uh, and Airwalk. It's like you get they. I think they got too big for skateboarding, and in order to keep growing, they had to look in other directions. Same with like Habitat. They're like, oh, we're going to have to start making longboards. Yeah,
2: shit happens. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, back to Cater real real quick. Y'all think that that addition of him on the team is going to be like a tipping point? Wars like Adidas versus Nike? I think the balance
1: is shifting. What do you think, Patrick? Yes, I think that there's going to be some other folk who are looking over and saying like, oh, Cater's over there. Carl Aikens is over there. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Or again, because there's no transparency into what's happening with all these trades and all these moves. Let's um, not call them trades. Excuse me. Nobody's going back and forth. And there's no exchange of uh, of skaters. It's just going one way. Yeah, I can definitely see a lot more folks deciding that they want to jump on. They want to jump on Adidas. Again, we have no idea what the next year is going to look like for skating, especially with the Olympics coming up and everything. You know, Nike is an Olympic sponsor. They might be able to be on some sort of come up after the Olympics. We have no idea. There's still an uh, uh, an emergency eject button for the Olympics. But I think having Cater and, you know, he has, you know, young dude with a young fan base. Like, there's definitely going to be a lot of folks who they're going to look at him and be like, yo, let me get some Adidas's too. And also, like, I love the way that he has grown into his style. Like, we've talked about the fact that he, he might be on that LeVar McBride tip where, you know, Used to be a small guy. Now he's kind of he had his growth spurt. He's growing into it, and also he's God. Like he he looks amazing on a board, and yeah, got him in Se- some seems some three to have uh,
2: seems to have gotten more power.
1: Yeah, as he's grown,
2: scary. They like, look out. Yeah, you know?
1: and, yeah. And, but you know, I, I think that I think that for Nike, I mean. Change is completely normal. I mean, this is what happens at, you know, major multinational corporations. You know, there's going to be changes in leadership. Um, they might be rethinking their skateboard strategy. They're definitely making changes to the skate team. You don't know. We have, we, have, we have no idea. But I think that Adidas' thing is that just like with, you know, the arrival of Kanye West and his whole push to, you know, for Adidas to enter the world of... Um, you know, conceptual high fashion and really like taking its own, you know, carving out its own lane in streetwear. I think it's very similar in skateboarding. They and they have an advantage too because the three stripes Adidas have never gone out of style with skateboarding. Nikes, I don't know. Like you always had some. Like you always had you always had skaters who looked cool rocking Adidas's, there were certainly plenty of skaters who happened to be wearing Nikes, but especially in the late 1990s, it did not become a deliberate thing outside of New York and Philly until, you know, the third time that they launched, they relaunched their skateboard program. By contrast with Adidas, there was always people rocking uh Richard Angelita's, like pretty much all the cats on Rhythm and Planet Earth, um, Joey Bast, for example, and they always like, yo, the Sheltos with the black and white, white shuttles with a black toe oh my god so adidas has that advantage and i think that they always kept those shoes in in production had some misses in the early 2000s with some big puffy shoes and then you know now they've they're in cruise control right now and they're just like they're picking up ill skaters so
0: yeah i think that the nike and adidas just have two different personalities as brands you know like adidas is kind of like the cool kid and nike is the like overachieving jock or class president and i think that that's just not the skater attitude these days you know like i think that nike is leaning a little too much into the jock uh sensibility you know i think that them sponsoring nigel was kind of the the beginning of the end and i think the way that cater is you know like half of his coverage is him smoking weed and that's just not a nike thing Nope. Um, so Adidas is the place for somebody like that who's at the top of their game, who smokes a lot of weed, and fucking kills it, and it's cool. So I think that that's that's probably how how that went down.
1: But what about like Nike? Nike did some ill collabs with like they did the Quarter Snacks joint, they did the Nine One Sevens, which I have. Like they actually did some great stuff. And again, bring up carpet again. So they definitely have, or they have some sort of clout within that kind of like um, within the grassroots like and there's definitely continue to be cool ways to flip nikes whatever whatever but yeah maybe you're right like maybe they they're starting to lean more into that johnny football or johnny skateboard uh niger houston kind of thing which is super boring
0: yeah that's the thing it's it's boring it's not like um it's not like curated it's just like oh those are the best dudes those are our dudes where adidas is like this guy is interesting. You know, he's super good, but he's also like a little interesting or a little like not quite like he's not the best or whatever. Um, yeah, I think that they just like go about things differently. Although Tyshawn is maybe the best. Oh, yeah. Oh, how, yeah. How,
2: however, um, let's not forget that KB is still on Nike, but they need to give him a pro model.
1: Yeah. Or maybe just like maybe just center make him the center of the program like Nigel. Yeah. He's you're doing really man, great. You're going to be awesome at the Olympics, but we're going to be focusing more on uh, KB. Yeah, make KB the poster boy. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll, they'll have the juice back in, in no time.
2: Oh, yeah. you Forget about
1: it. See, I,
0: I think Nike is going to want to be cleaning up their image in the lead up to the Olympics. They're going to say, like, okay, we're going to have, like, all these eyes on nija bringing people to the website, checking us out, and we want them to see palatable Skaters and like, you know, (laughs) take a trip down KB's Instagram stories, and that's maybe not what your mom wants you to be looking at or looking at. Wait, hold up.
1: Weed is legal in Oregon, where Nike is based. Weed is legal in New York. Like, (laughs) what? What's the issue here? Is it? Is it somebody in accounting or in in, you know in marketing? Was just like, I just don't really know about how the whole four twenty thing. I like to have a toke now and again, but. This is not. Uh, yeah. This is not good business.
2: Yeah, KB's. Uh, KB's Instagram is pretty legendary. Like, what was I can't remember which shoe it was. Maybe it was like the cookie dough ones or the Grateful Dead's. Like, he filmed himself like literally kicking them to the curb, like going out his like going out his front door and like drop kicking them and shit. That was legendary for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: that was legendary. I mean, I mean, like, is that something that antagonizes the squares at Nike? I mean, but I mean, like, look, Adidas is an equally corporate company. Uh, worked with some great people there within their corporate social responsibility office. But you know, if you're a big corporation, there's always like, there's always going to be those people who are going to be like, you need to be a little bit more buttoned up. There are people who are serious about their jobs, and they're, you know, they're responsible for making sure that you make sales and um, don't do anything too embarrassing or get yourself um, into some sort of twitter controversy that's a real thing but i don't know i I guess it feels like adidas is going to let some of these these catches like have a sense of humor also adidas has got the ill vault with all their volleyball and indoor soccer shoes because like damn also adidas scott johnson works for adidas and he's one of the chillest guys in skateboarding
0: like yeah for sure that vault is yeah there's got to be a handful of really good skate
1: shoes just sitting there waiting to be discovered Exactly. Just like or like, you know, you can like, yo, I'm gonna take this old, you know, indoor soccer shoe from the late eighties. Like they did uh, this one loafer, the Adidas Acapulco. Never heard of it. Never even seen the OG joints, but these are like these like oxblood kind of loafers, they're so fucking fire. I finally, finally copped a pair. It took, you know, years. I came out I think in twenty seventeen, finally copped a pair. So
0: Damn, I'm sure you're stoked. Believe Which that. brings us to the end of our show where we talk about what we're stoked on jason what are you stoked on this week
2: i am stoked on a uh, little hard goods operation out of san francisco california venture truck company stoked on the television show uh snowfall which is one of those things where like you see pretty much everyone on twitter talking about it and i'm I'm like oh i better check this shit out a lot and like uh yeah it's super interesting it's kind of the most apt comparison maybe the wire, but Snowfall is more about like the logistics of making and selling crack. Like, okay, like how do I make it? How do I get people to work making it? How do I market and distribute it? Blah blah blah. And also it gets into like the uh the whole like arms for like, you know, what I mean Iran Contra, like which is basically common knowledge now. Like they were selling drugs to finance uh weapons of the Contras in uh central Yeah, that show is pretty fucking awesome. Stoked on it. And uh, we talked about Carl Aikens before. Stoked on a little part. I'm going to call it a part. It's basically one-minute part on Instagram where he just like super casually does a bunch of crazy ledge tricks, like switch tray flips some crazy set in the subway station. Pretty hyped on that. Carl Aikens needs to go pro. He's ripping. You got to turn people pro, right? Stoked on all that stuff. Uh, Patrick, what are you stoked on?
1: Uh, and that was not a sub. That was a loud and clear message to Crail Tap. Stop letting these guys chill on the bench. Put them in, coach. Uh, I'm stoked on Spitfire Wheels. I'm especially stoked on that uh, new Brianna Gearing ad that's been floating around on Instagram. Stoked on the new Real Skateboards Welcome Patrick Proman part. And If you look in the comments, it seems like there might could be a real video. I hope that there is. I really, really do. The music is also really good. It's by Richard Hawley. He was a replacement member of the band, Pulp. Um, He joined the band, I think, just after the album, This Is Hardcore, and has been playing with them during their reunion a couple of years back. Uh, Arsenal won today, 4-0 win over Slavia Prague. That was so ill, really, really made my day, especially after a hard day at work. Stoked on Free Skateboard Magazine, issue number 35, and Jono Kutz, No Beer on a Dead Planet. Just want to give my condolences Uh, To Jonas Ray, the family of Jonas Ray and Joe Hammock. I hope I'm pronouncing his last name right. Um, Both of whom were big timers, lifers in skateboarding. What a shock to see that these guys passed within the same week. Um, Especially because Jonas passed a couple of days before his brother Jeremy's birthday. Uh, Those two were thick as thieves. And Jonas always had ill parts. Was seemed like he was a super fun and approachable guy. Uh, Just one of those like z type characters who was always there in the background the last 25 years of skating, and it's it's sad to see somebody so young die so suddenly. So RIP to both of them and all their families, yo. Templeton, what you stoked on?
0: Uh, I am stoked on a little five-minute back stretch routine that I discovered. My body is deteriorating quickly, so um, discovering this has really helped my back. So I'll link that in the show notes. Maybe it'll help somebody else out. Uh, I'm also stoked on... This mostly skateboarding crew, you know uh, yeah. <laughs> once a month, the crew gets together and does a show without me, and it's always uh it's always fun to listen when I'm editing the show and just like you know hear you guys do your thing and like I'm just really proud of what we've created together, and I'm stoked that I'm stoked that you guys can make the show without me, you know, like we've just set up this routine, and you guys just get on the mic and spray and yeah. Just makes me stoked. So, <clears throat> so. praying, praying. <laughs> so thanks, uh, Jason, Patrick, and Mike. Uh, you guys stoked me out. Yeah. And uh, that's it for our show this week. Be sure to check out mostlyskateboarding.net for links to the things that we talked about and other show notes. Until next time, you can keep up with us
1: all week online. Patrick, where can the people find you? Y'all can find me on Instagram at pkegongo on Clubhouse at pkegongo, and of course. Maybe while I'm out on Twitter, at Colonel K Speaks. Jason, where can the people find you on Al Gore's internet?
2: On uh, the Instagram, at Frozen Carbonite. On Twitter, at Carbonite1994. On Xbox Live, at Carbonite101. And uh, writing stuff for quartersnacks.com. Where can the people find you?
0: I am on Twitter, at MostlySkate, and on Instagram, at MostlySkateboarding. We'll see you guys next week. Later. Be safe.